This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of my favorite things in my career has been working with podcasters from a really early stage and seeing them actually go full-time in this medium, quit their day jobs and actually become a full-time podcaster. This is Podcast Perspectives, a show about the latest news in the podcast industry and the people behind it. I'm your host, Jeff Umbro, founder and CEO of The Poglomerate. Today on the show, I am speaking with Steve Wilson, Chief Strategy Officer at Qcode Media. Qcode is a media agency known for their prestige fiction podcasts. They work with A-list talent like Matthew McConaughey, Demi Moore, Rami Malek, and often lead the way in the genre. Steve started working at Qcode three years ago, leading their strategy and working with major partners. Many listeners of this show might also know Steve from his time at Apple, where he spent nearly 15 years and was one of the first employees to work on the Apple podcast team. Today, Steve and I will chat about what goes into making fiction series, how Qcode is utilizing IP within the genre, and we spend a bit of time talking about the current state and future of monetization in podcasting. Let's get right to it. All right, welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, thanks for having me, Jeff. You are currently at Qcode. Uh, would you walk our listeners through like, what is Qcode? I can give 10 different definitions of it, so I'm sure you're gonna do a better job. Yeah, sure. So Qcode is a podcast production and media company. We've been around for about four years and are mostly known for our original scripted fiction podcasts. So Qcode started a number of years ago. Very first show was Blackout with Rami Malek. Qcode's done around 30 of those shows at this point in a range of genres, but everything from a kid's show with Matthew McConaughey called Hank the Cowdog, a female erotica <laughs> with Demi Moore called Dirty Diana, plenty of sci-fi and horror and, and other kinds of shows. So that's really where Qcode had its origin. But more recently, we've really been branching out as a network, helping with distribution, monetization, and audience development for all kinds of podcasts, which we can course, talk more about. And I guess before we get into that, like why branch out into these different avenues? Like what does the fiction universe look like in the podcast world today? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really exciting space and it has been for a long time. Fiction is, is a, is a category of course, that really feels a lot, you know, very old, but also new at the same time. You know, of course it's been around audio dramas have been around since the very beginning of radio, but in today's modern world, you know, they can be produced at a really high end level. You know, we, we mix all of our shows, for example, and spatial audio with Dolby Atmos. So no, no longer the kind of classic coconuts and washboards for sound, uh, sound <laughs> effects and fully. It's a really engaging audio listening experience, much like, you know, of course, if you never listened to a, f- a fiction podcast, it's much like a great book where you get to imagine the characters and the world kind of in your own, in your own way. 
But these are shows that are produced at a really high level, typically multicast, and, and as mentioned, really high-end actors. One of the exciting things that Rob, our founder, had really seen an opportunity in is, frankly, taking those stories which start in audio and then thinking about how those, those worlds could live in other forms. You know, the IP kind of existing in TV and film or books and some other areas. So I thought that that creative development of podcasting was really incredible. I met Rob and the Q-Code team back when I was at Apple and just felt like the creative ambition in audio was so unique that I, I had to jump at the chance to, to leave Q-Code and, uh, or excuse me, leave Apple and join Q-Code. And what, what is your role at Q-Code? So I'm chief strategy officer, a little bit of an amorphous title, but I spend a lot of my days working on business development, partnerships, marketing. Most recently, I'm really leading the efforts around our network expansion as we're partnering with other shows and um, you know doing distribution, ad sales, monetization. I'm spending a lot of my time doing outreach and finding the right partners and, and helping the overall Q-Code network and our partners grow their shows. What do you look for in a partner show for like a distribution deal? That's a great question. There's not a kind of single one factor for me. I think what's exciting in podcasting is there's so many different strengths in different areas, whether that's various genres, but it's also um, fun to kind of build a network of shows with really big existing shows, but then frankly, identify the right up and coming podcasts that we can really help develop and grow and kind of become the next big hit. So you know, there's no one factor. It's really about kind of the, the fun, unique nature of the creative or the, the connection with the hosts. But yeah, we're taking on existing shows with big audiences and then some that are down to a few thousand downloads an episode and really starting to work with them. One of my favorite things in my career has been working with podcasters from a really early stage and seeing them actually go full time in this medium, quit their day jobs and actually become a full time podcaster. You all launched as like this prestige fiction podcast network with all of these originals, presumably so that you could kind of upsell the IP and, and do many other things with that. And now when you pop on the website, you see chat casts, companion podcasts. Uh, you have one podcast that I love called Through, where one of your engineers decided to hike the APT and just recorded the whole thing and just sends it back to you all to edit and publish and I love seeing the expansion of, of different networks into different topics and genres to see like what is effective. As you do this and as you pursue this, how do you approach the idea of ownership of the show versus licensing the show? Like what distinctions do you make? And like, is this kind of an amorphous ask when you're talking to these different creators or, or do you have kind of a standard approach? Yeah. I mean, this is certainly a great area of discussion. So yeah, big, big picture, you know, Q-Code, like I said, did really start with a focus on original scripted fiction. And we've really built the company to be a great creative partner to all kinds of talent, writers, directors, actors, podcasters in the formation of new original storytelling and IP. And, you know, the company is never designed to be exclusively audio fiction. And Q-Code had launched a show with Markiplier, a mega YouTuber, one of the biggest in the world, a, a fiction show called Edge of Sleep. And that show came out when I was at Apple and just saw the show do incredible numbers. So when it came time for Mark to want to do his own talk show, we helped him launch Distractable, which is a show he he does with a couple of his buddies. And we helped him launch that show. It was incredibly successful, went to number one on Apple and Spotify. And really that was in some ways the genesis of us really saying, hey, you know, we should really expand into our always on programming. Limited releases, as everyone in the business knows, is are a little bit hard and they're, they're lumpy, of course, in terms of revenue and audience. So that really encouraged us to expedite our expansion to always on podcasts. And we've been doing those shows in a couple different forms. To your question around partnerships and ownership and those sorts of things, 
we, we try and take a really creator first approach. So if we're in at the ground floor and maybe helping the creator launch the show and originate the creative and funding production, I think it makes sense to really set up a scenario in which, you know, that show is co-owned between the hosts and the, the network. In other instances where we're coming on board as a partner with a show that already exists, already has an audience, and frankly, maybe just coming alongside the creator as a distribution and ad sales partner, that doesn't really, in, in my opinion, warrant uh, necessarily asking for ownership in a show, right? So we have all kinds of partnerships. And again, we really try and think about it from a creator first perspective and what's pragmatic and, and kind of a fair deal uh, in the level of investment we're making into a show alongside of a creator. And I think that's one of the things we're known for and we work really hard to maintain and, and are, are working to build further. That's the approach I like to see when, when I'm out in the world. And I think a lot of the industry follows that. It gets really complicated, but like really the key is just making sure that everybody has some kind of upside or potential upside. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you are producing a fiction podcast, what are things that you look at specifically that may be different from producing like a narrative show or a chat show? Yeah, the show really kind of originates with that creative team and creative itself, right? So our team is really looking for distinctive ideas, maybe something we've not really heard or seen before. I, sh I should note, you know, we've brought in shows at all different stages. You know, sometimes the, the podcasts we've made are just a pitch in a meeting with no materials. Other times they've come in with full scripts in a Bible, a show Bible kind of explaining the world. And in other instances, the podcasts have been actually adaptations of works in other mediums. So it does start with the story and it starts with the creator in that selection process. And, you know, we, of course, do think deeply about the audio experience. So there's some shows that don't make sense in, in audio or would be really too hard to tell in audio. And so we let those opportunities go. But we also think really deeply about all the rest of the talent partners. So some of the shows, as mentioned, you know, we've brought in noteworthy actors into the show and other instances we've had, you know, the shows be led by, you know, podcast creators in kind of a leading role. So we just really think about who's going to be the, the most compatible talent partners in these roles and how we kind of think about them in that long-term relationship around the show and the IP. That's one of the things we also are really proud of is as we build these projects, we're usually empowering the actors and kind of a more of an executive producer and co-owner role. They're not just work for hire actors on, on the project and that's it. Is there ever a situation where the actors come directly to you? Like, does Matthew McConaughey say, I want to make this show where I'm a dog? Or is it always story first and then you find the talent that would be a fit? 
yeah, we, we definitely have had all different scenarios of origination. So sometimes it's, it's the writer. Other times we do a lot of meetings with actors and many actors today have production companies. So, uh, we do meetings with them, you know, by way of just sort of a general or a pitch meeting to kind of hear the stories that they're excited about. And it's part of the process. How do you market a fiction show? Is it any different than like a chat show, for example? Yeah. I mean, we've tried all different kinds of things. Fundamentally, some of the channels we know and love in, in podcast marketing still exist, of course, you know, cross show promotions, utilizing audio, utilizing platform partnerships, frankly, aligning with the talent and providing them with, with various assets is really important. You know, one distinctive thing that we've really tried to focus on in the, the building of the world and the brand of the, the fiction show is finding that right balance of visual design, you know, taking audiences into the story a little bit by way of not just the overall key art, but also episodic artwork or concept artwork, character sketches, keeping in mind one of the things people love about these stories is seeing the world through their own lens and their own kind of mind's eye. We do want to provide some kind of visual elements to help take listeners into the world a little bit more, or at least spark their imagination. We think that's a pretty fun aspect of what we get to do there on, on marketing a fiction show. Your art is beautiful. I, I know you come from the world of Apple, which is very visual first as people are searching through the app. What are some like takeaways or tips that you have in terms of what people can think about when they're trying to create their own art? Well, certainly thank you for the compliment and kind words. We're, we're really proud of those visual artists that we bring on for, for various projects. And we spend a lot of time, you know, considering it as we look at the creative of each individual show, we, we try and frankly match the right artist to that project. With that said, we definitely think a lot about the channels, you know, fundamentally you could make really great world building poster art, but at the end of the day, it's going to be seen on podcast platforms you know, as this stamp size piece of artwork, you know, so you have to think about simplicity artwork that does provide a, a bit of insight into the tone and texture of the show so that listeners can understand what the genre is, frankly, even understand that it is something a little bit different. You know, it's not a buddy chat show. It's a fictional world building kind of show. And so you do try and provide a little bit of that tone and texture and originality and the kind of design of the artwork while keeping it really simple so that you can distinguish those elements when somebody's just quickly scrolling on their on their iPhone looking for the next potential show. Yeah, it's weirdly complicated sometimes to figure out podcast art that doesn't look like it's oversaturated in the market or a replica of something similar or boring. And it also tells the story of a show yep. from like a visual application. How successful have you guys been in terms of cross-platform IP? I mean, we're, we're really excited by the results we've had so far in terms of those shows being optioned and at the major streamers. Of course, the, the challenge as you get into TV and film development is those timelines take a long time. We are excited by what is to come on that side. Can't announce anything today, but this is one thing that really distinguishes us as a company. Uh, Rob Herding, our CEO, was a former talent agent, actually. So he did a lot of TV lit packaging built some really incredible stories uh, in his career as an agent. You know, he is really the one who leads all of our efforts in tourism and, and adaptions of our audio fiction. So he's a great human and obviously a, a huge reason as to why I went to Q-Code. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. You had a job at Apple where you, at one point, correct me if I'm wrong, were one of the only employees that were like specifically working with Apple Podcasts. And your job was to basically optimize and curate like what people saw on the discovery page. Do I have that right? 
Yeah, I had a long career at Apple, got to across my whole career really work on podcast things. You know, I started way back when helping build a platform called iTunes U, which was an educational podcast platform. And then, you know, went over to work on Apple Podcasts, pre-serial, pre-startup, wore a few different hats. But yeah, looked after the editorial and featured content, as well as really got to be a, a point of contact for a lot of folks in the industry, which was a ton of fun. And, you know, of course, as this industry has been blowing up, it was exciting to be able to work alongside of so many people as they built their companies and launched hit shows. You really did have a front row seat to kind of the industry growth. What are, and this is outside of the realm of Apple, I know you don't speak for Apple, but like what were some of the cool moments that you got to see with that front row seat over the last decade and a half? Yeah, I mean, there was so much exciting experimentation. You know, I love thinking back to, you know, we could start in kind of like that October 2014 timeframe, you know, yeah. that was a sort of lightning in the bottle moment. Many of us in the industry think back to where a few things had come together. That October was the launch of iOS 8 when the Apple Podcast app became pre-installed on every shipping iOS device. And the same month that Serial and Startup came out. Those were a couple fun shows that I, I had the opportunity to work with the teams on and, you know, experiment with the idea of a trailer. You know, we, we had never at Apple promoted a, a show with a trailer before, but given that those were serialized shows and ones you'd want to listen to from the very beginning, we put up a promotion with the trailer. You know, I remember some of those early conversations where we were like, well, what's a trailer? It's a <laughs> piece of audio you call a trailer. And, you know, you can warm up the feed and gain those subscriptions. I don't want to wax too nostalgic here, but, you know, kind of could think across a lot of those fun, you know, big hits that happen. You know, I think back to the launch of like Tenderfoot TV and some of the cool things that Donald was doing by way of, you know, having a street team market his podcasts, experimenting with great video and others in the industry really trying to build out these cinematic events, you know, in podcasting to complement the kind of chat and always on shows was a really fun and exciting time. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I'm sure you probably just hit this point in your career where you're looking for something new, but you eventually did go to Q Code. Was there like a catalyst that made you decide to to make that move? You know, I'd spent, as I mentioned, my whole career, about 15 years at Apple working on the platform side. And, you know, I got to work with so many cool organizations and and individuals in this industry who are building amazing content. But I, I was always spread thin and an inch deep and a mile wide, you know, hundreds of partners, thousands or tens of thousands of shows. I'd always thought it'd be fun and exciting to go to the other side of the table and really be able to help partners in a much deeper way from ideation to ultimately launch and growth of a show. You know, as I mentioned, Qcode had become one of my favorite partners. Rob, great human and really inspiring, creative partner. 
as well, as I really learned a lot more about what they were doing at Q Code. Frankly, just kind of felt like, you know, in kind of classic form, if I didn't jump at the opportunity to, to go and do it, I'd probably look back and regret it. And it's been about three years now, but it's still, you know, an education in terms of what that looks like to be on the publisher side of the industry. And I think, you know, regardless of where my career goes, if I ever go back to a platform, I feel like I'll, I'll be a much richer partner manager or whatever the case may be, having that holistic experience. So that's kind of where my head's been at. But most recently, just, you know, of course, heads down building Q code at this time. And now you know what it feels like pitching these apps. <laughs> yes. The dark art of uh, pitching platforms. Yeah, I have, have definitely a new appreciation for it being on the other side of the pitches, as you mentioned, and uh, nerd out on that kind of stuff just because it's a core part of, you know, obviously my background and kind of how I think about things. So Qcode is one of a handful of fiction podcast networks. Who would you consider competitors to Qcode? You know, honestly, I, I think what's exciting is the industry overall. I mean, not to sound a little cliche here, but it is really, yes, of course, there's companies competing for audience and certainly people making things in the same genre. But to be honest, I don't, I don't know that I actually think a lot about others in the space as true competitors, just in that there's so much more room for people to, to get into podcasts in general, brand new, net new first time podcast listeners, but also there's hundreds of millions of podcast listeners out there that have never listened to a fiction show before. Whether somebody comes along and listens to something from Q Code or an independent show or a long running show like Welcome to Night Vale, Oh Gods of Appalachia. Yeah, I don't really see them, frankly, to be honest, as competitors. I think it's, you know, all ships rise in podcasting, you know, in terms of bringing new listeners in the door and especially on a limited series, yep. you know, kind of basis. Like you're making 10 episodes in a season, hopefully more seasons as well there's opportunity for those listeners to jump around, you know, between networks, find their favorite shows, listen within their favorite genres. So yeah, hopefully that doesn't sound a little too soft, but it's true. I don't, I don't tend to think of, of others in the space too much by way of competition. The way I think about it is, is less about like competition in the sense of like winning out over someone else, but like, what can you learn from these other people and what they're doing? Dan Meisner calls it co-opetition, which I always loved. We are in a very interesting place in this industry right now. It feels like we're kind of hopefully coming out the other side of some more macroeconomic issues that have impacted the whole world, but podcasting and ad sales in general. Everyone I've spoken to is pretty optimistic about where the industry is going, but I, I always like to ask the question just to kind of get a sense of how other people are thinking about it. So where do you fall here? I mean, the world is ending, Jeff. I think we're all, you know, <laughs> going to need to pivot. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. I, you know, look, I am optimistic, very, very much so. The, the fundamentals of podcasting are there. There's more audience than ever before. The platforms are investing more than ever before. And there's more of them. You know, YouTube and others are, are really getting involved in the space. With this just being such a beloved medium, you know, and, and being so sticky, as we all know, it sort of takes over people's share of years or even how they frankly spend their time. I think that uh, we'll make it through this moment and come out the other side really further encouraged by where, you know, the adoption of on-demand audio is, is going. Can you talk to me about Q Code Plus and just the idea of podcast subscriptions at large? I think that one of the things that's really been exciting to see over the last couple of years, and I do remain bullish on, is subscriptions in podcasting. Platforms like Patreon have done a really great job. You've had the team on from Supporting Cast uh, on the show. You know, with Apple's investment and, and Spotify and others kind of really eyeing that space, I think that there really is an opportunity to expand subscription revenue in podcasting further. And there's going to be such a, an interesting kind of matrix ways, I think, in terms of how that evolves. 
At Qcode, we have Qcode Plus, which is a subscription router fiction shows, but we also operate a number of subscriptions with partners around a show level subscription tailored to the benefits of that show and that audience. For example, we have a show called Jillian on Love, which is a fantastic dating and relationship show. And the subscribers get an extra dose of Jillian just in time for date night on Thursdays by way of the Jillian on Love Plus subscription. The other thing that's really interesting, I think that we haven't fully realized yet is with Apple's most recent enhancements that came out in iOS 17 just a, a couple months ago, major app developers can actually also offer subscriptions in Apple Podcasts related to their existing app subscriptions that they have. So Rather than having to build a net new subscription in Apple Podcasts, they can really unlock these, you know, entitlements, if you will, that you earn as a, as a listener. And they announced a handful of partners like Calm that they're doing this with. So I think that that sort of air cover of existing app developer subscriptions is really going to further consumers' understanding of what premium or exclusive subscription audio can look like. What do you think the strategy is with Apple in terms of, I guess, cross-platform opportunities? So you have Apple News, you have Apple TV, you have Apple Music. How do each of these sandboxes play with one another in relation to podcasting? And is it something that we should all pay attention to? Yeah, certainly want to be clear. I'm not speaking on Apple's behalf. I've been gone for three years and don't, don't want to come across like I uh, I'm speaking for them. But you know, big picture, the exciting thing for Apple is that they have this sort of broader surface in the iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. And they have a suite of services, you know, Apple News, TV, books, and you can see already where those different services have gotten more and more engaged in podcasting. Apple TV's launched originals, Apple News and Apple Music have their own original podcasts. Many of those services have advertised on podcasts, actually, you know, buying media. So there is a strong ecosystem or synergy play for Apple and around podcasting. Ultimately, the opportunity for a publisher or a content maker is to kind of try and think about those things and certainly align their show in this partnership with a platform that will help their show be successful on, on that given platform. And, and that's one of the things I really encourage people to think a lot about is, you know, even as you're pitching your show or building something, pay attention to what the different platforms are doing. You know, Spotify is certainly really investing in listener engagement, Q&A prompts, video within their platform. So the degree to which it makes sense for a, a given podcaster to align with those initiatives that the platforms have certainly unlocks more opportunities for, for audience growth. Thank you so much for, for chatting with us today. This was a lot of fun. We've met and chatted several times, but I've always been a fan. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Same, my friend. Uh, great to be able to sit down with you and have this conversation and uh, you know, excited for, for you and where the podcast is going. Thanks again to Steve for joining us. To find more from Qcode, you can visit their website at qcodemedia.com and you can find Steve on Twitter at Stephen Wilson. That is Stephen with a PH. For more podcast-related news, info, and takes, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Umbro. Podcast Perspectives is a production of The Podglomerate. If you are looking for help producing, distributing, or monetizing your podcast, you can find us at thepodglomerate.com. Shoot us an email at listen at thepoglomerate.com or follow us on all social platforms at Poglomerate. This episode was produced by Chris Boniello and Henry Lavoy. And thank you to our marketing team, Joni Deutsch, Madison Richards, Morgan Swift, Annabella Panna, and Vanessa Ullman. And a special thank you to Dan Christo. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you next week.